Welcome to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Sam Abbott, registered dietitian nutritionist and PCOS nutrition expert. I'm here to help you learn how to manage PCOS and support your hormones while also having a healthy relationship with food in your body. You can improve PCOS symptoms and labs without dieting. Get ready to feel better with PCOS and leave diet culture in the rearview mirror. Hey there, PCOS besties, and welcome to the third and final installment of our three-part series all about intuitive eating for PCOS. So in case you missed it, our first part in this series was all about what intuitive eating is, and I walked you through the 10 principles. Our episode prior to this episode is all about how intuitive eating looks different for PCOS, and today we're going to be chatting about common obstacles that folks with PCOS tend to encounter with intuitive eating, and I will give you some tips for those. It's been really fun recording this three-part series. I will say recording solo episodes makes me feel so nervous because you're kind of just sitting here talking into a microphone, whereas when I'm interviewing someone else, it's like a conversation with another person. And every time I've recorded one part of this in the series, after I finish, I'm like, oh my gosh, I left so many things out. So I may be doing some additional episodes about intuitive eating. Also, don't forget, I do have the Q&A opportunity linked in my profile if you have any questions that you want to submit for a listener Q&A episode. So if you have any specific questions about intuitive eating, you can pop that in that form. And I, like I said, I might do another episode just specifically about intuitive eating and PCOS. But let's jump into chatting about the four most common obstacles that I see with my clients and when people DM me on Instagram and we can chat through those. So obstacle number one is you start with intuitive eating and you feel like you're just eating all the things. Like you're eating all these foods that you used to say were off limits or you felt like they were bad foods and you feel like you're in this period of time where it's kind of like uncontrollable. Maybe you are worried about gaining weight. Maybe your labs are going up. And a lot of times this is the point where somebody says, okay, intuitive eating is not working for me. And I will say And this is kind of how I feel about going through all of these obstacles. I think there are a lot of nuances with intuitive eating because the whole framework is about embracing the gray area of nutrition and wellness. And so I do think if you're somebody that's coming from having a very tumultuous relationship with food and you have a medical condition, it can be really hard to work through those nuances on your own. And that's where it can be helpful to work with a dietitian who is knowledgeable about both PCOS and intuitive eating to help you. I know that that requires some accessibility and that may not be possible for everyone listening. So I'm going to talk you through these in the best way that I can. But I also want you to know that that's where it can be beneficial to work with a professional too. So 
with this specifically, if you're somebody who feels like you're just like eating all the things, I would first take a step back and reflect on your entire diet history and ask yourself how long you've spent dieting. For a lot of the people that I work with, they have a 15, 20, 25 year history with dieting. So think about how deep that is going to run. I would not expect you to master all of the intuitive eating principles overnight or even just in the short term. Like you're turning a new page where you're working on letting go of these things and that is going to be a process. So if you're coming from a place where you've been restrictive or rigid with food, I would totally expect that you're going to go through a time period where you're going to be enjoying all the food and that is not necessarily a bad thing. Now, I will say for a lot of people, and this really depends on you and your relationship with food and where you're coming from. But it may be more helpful and it also may give you an opportunity to do a little bit of deeper exploring if instead of turning like a switch where it's like one day you just decide you're not going to have any diet thoughts anymore and you're going to bring all of these foods that you used to restrict back into your home, instead of having such like a black and white change Maybe start gradually introducing things based off of what would feel good to you. Like if you're somebody who has feared carbohydrates and you don't keep a lot of satisfying carbohydrates in your home or you avoid carbohydrates at meals, maybe what you start out doing is bringing in just one or two things or just focusing one meal on increasing your carbohydrates. Or maybe you never allow yourself to have dessert and one night you intentionally go through the drive-thru and get a milkshake because that's what sounds good that night. There are so many ways that you can go about reintroducing foods. And if you feel like flipping a switch and just bringing in all the things is not working for you, That doesn't mean that intuitive eating isn't working for you. It's totally okay if you want to take things at a little bit of a slower pace. Now, when I said it could be helpful working with a professional, when somebody is in this situation where they want to be eating all the things, I want to do some deeper exploring as to what is going on beneath there and kind of help you process that a little more. Because usually what happens is if you are in a space where you are feeling like you're completely out of control around food, you may start feeling guilty or ashamed for that. And then you're going to feel like intuitive eating isn't working for you. Whereas when you have somebody helping you explore this, you can have better insight into what is going on beneath those eating behaviors so that you can understand yourself better. So much about intuitive eating is really just helping you understand where your thoughts and feelings around food are coming from. So that is obstacle number one. Obstacle number two is that 
you are hungry and tired all the time. And maybe when you started intuitive eating, you actually feel like this got worse. And this is where I I talked about this in the last episode. It can be helpful to bring in gentle nutrition a little earlier in the process when you have insulin resistance or a medical condition. Because what happens with insulin resistance is that when you have unstable blood sugars, this can make you feel tired, this can cause cravings, this can cause this insatiable feeling of hunger. And just because you're allowing all the foods, it doesn't mean that you're addressing insulin resistance. Now, nutrition is not the only way to address insulin resistance. You have medication options, you have supplement options, stress, sleep, body movement, like those all play a role too. But this is where I like to bring in gentle nutrition and a little bit of education around balancing blood sugars more towards the beginning of your journey in intuitive eating because a lot of times this can affect the way that you feel. Another obstacle and probably a really big obstacle for a lot of people is really struggling to move past a focus on weight. And I kind of wish I brought this up more in the very first episode of just talking about weight and the pursuit of weight loss and intuitive eating. So when we use the word non-diet, really the definition of dieting is making food choices in an effort to lose weight. So when we use the word non-diet, what we're saying is we are not centering weight as the end result when we're making food choices. And again, that goes back to the weight loss paradigm, like not really being effective, not working for a lot of people, causing more harm than good. And intuitive eating is a weight neutral framework. And what that means is that weight is not part of the end goal. The end goal is to help you feel pleasant physically, mentally, and emotionally. So much with diet culture, the end result is just focused on physical health. And with intuitive eating, we're bringing in the mental health component. We're bringing in that emotional health component too, because those are equally as important as physical health if you are someone who is pursuing a health outcome. So this can be some good knowledge for you if you're ever shopping around for a professional to work with and you're looking for some signs that they have a deeper understanding of what intuitive eating is, weight is just not part of it. So if you see someone posting a before and after picture or talking about weight as an end result, that is not really appropriately using the framework. And I know when I did the intuitive eating training for the certification, This was something that Evelyn brought up was kind of like a frustration in the intuitive eating space is that a lot of times in the media, when they're sharing like a celebrity story about intuitive eating, a lot of times they will couple it with somebody's weight loss journey. And it may be somebody's experience that 
if they practice intuitive eating and their body kind of settles at their set point weight range, this could be a lower weight than before they started intuitive eating. But that is not the point of intuitive eating. And some people may gain weight with intuitive eating. Some people's weight may remain unchanged. And so when we share stories and we bring in weight as part of the outcome, it gives people a misconception about what intuitive eating is. It's a little misleading. So an obstacle that I see with a lot of people who try intuitive eating is that they're either trying to use it as a weight loss tool or they're really struggling to move past focusing on weight. And a couple of things I want to say here. First of all, I want to acknowledge that I have experienced life and lived life mostly in a straight size body and have experienced a lot of privilege. So I do not have the lived experience of someone who has had to experience weight discrimination and weight bias and a lot of the experiences that many of you listening may have had to experience. So I just want to say that first and foremost. I also want to make sure that you know that if you're working with an intuitive eating counselor of somebody who has been trained in intuitive eating, we are never judging you or thinking that you are wrong or bad for having a desire to lose weight if you have that desire. I would actually expect most people to have this desire because we live surrounded by diet culture and messaging telling us that thinner is better. And on top of that, you have a medical condition where you're always being told that you need to lose weight for your health. So nobody is, I, I don't want to say nobody because I know that there are some dietitians out there who are maybe not as trained or haven't had enough supervision in this area. I'm not sure. You're not wrong or bad for having the desire to lose weight. Really with intuitive eating, at least in my program and how I work with clients, there is more of an exploration of why do you have this desire and how has it served you so far? And most people who really want to embrace intuitive eating feel like the cost of trying to pursue weight loss or be at a weight where their body is not meant to be, the cost of that does not outweigh any perceived benefits. And when you are an intuitive eater or when you do try to practice body acceptance or be in a space where weight is not at the forefront anymore, that doesn't mean that you're never going to have the desire to lose weight anymore. Like the end goal is not that you're never going to have a diet thought or you're never going to want to lose weight. It's more that when these thoughts pop up, you will give yourself the space to explore where those thoughts are coming from and whether or not they're going to be helpful to you. So much around weight thoughts, when when you've been in a good place with feeling more comfortable in your body and these thoughts pop up, they usually pop up for a specific reason. So giving yourself the space to explore why they popped up, like have you gone through something in your life that you feel very out of control, but weight or nutrition is something that you feel like you could center your control on, things like that. 
you will have more tools to be able to explore that. I will say that letting go of the diet mentality, that principle one, that's really where you shift your focus more towards your overall well-being and bring in that mental health and emotional health aspect and really lean into your past diet history. That is really where that shift in your focus would be. So if you're you're really struggling to move past the thoughts of like, if I'm not losing weight, I'm not doing it right, then I would recommend doing some deeper work in principle one. Another thing too is really evaluating your support system, your healthcare team, and the people around you and making sure that you have people supporting you and understanding like why this journey is important to you or at least respecting your past personal experiences. You know, if you've tried 15 diets over the past five years and yet at the end of the day, you keep finding yourself back at the same weight. Like we need to trust your own personal experiences and help you establish some tools to where we are encouraging you to respect your body and nourish yourself and not make you feel like you're not doing something right that you should be doing. So I hope that that was helpful there. I realize this is a very complex conversation. This is also why I get body image supervision because I do think that talking about this desire and how it's affecting you is a really important piece of intuitive eating work. And for me and my practice, if you're on the fence or you really can't overcome this hurdle, that is more of something that I like to help people work through in a one-on-one capacity. This is where I offer an intensive, a 90-minute session to talk about that. For my Nourish program, that is more for people who are, maybe if they're not even entirely there, that is their end goal or that's where they want to be. Like they've already accepted their diet history, they're leaning into their past experiences, they feel like this focus on dieting is not helpful to them anymore. In my group program, it's really important to me that everyone be on the same page just because once you finally get over that hump and you're ready to focus on health in a new way, it can be really hard to do that in the same space where people may be in a different place. So that's kind of how I help clients with this in two different settings. And again, I just want to stress like you're not bad or wrong for having these thoughts. I just wanted to explain a little more about that. Okay. And last obstacle is like you feel like intuitive eating just isn't working for you. And just the question itself or just this obstacle in and of itself can bring up so many things to explore. And my first question when somebody says intuitive eating just isn't working for me, I want to know what is your definition of working? Like what is the end result that you're looking for that you feel like intuitive eating is not moving you towards that space? 
Because again, intuitive eating is helping you feel less stress and anxiety around food and helping you feel more pleasant physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I think if you're not tapped into that end result and the steps to take to get there, it can feel a little difficult. So again, kind of working through what you feel like isn't working for you and seeing is what you want as your end goal aligned with the purpose and intention of intuitive eating? And also, is there anything within that end goal where you can revisit some of the principles? All right. So that wraps up the three-part series about intuitive eating for PCOS. Again, I do have my free intuitive eating workbook. I will link that in the show notes. If this really resonated with you, like you love the idea of intuitive eating, but you're not sure how to mesh this with PCOS nutrition recommendations, especially if you're somebody who has elevated labs like blood sugar and you're like, I like this is something that I want to work on or try to lower, but at the same time, I do really value my relationship with food. Like this is exactly what I help my clients with. Feel free to go back through my podcast episodes and listen to previous client experiences. And don't be afraid to reach out on my website or on social media at PCOS.Nutritionist if you ever want to chat about working together. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can catch new episodes. I'd also be so grateful if you left a review and rating for the pod as well. See you next Wednesday.